0: Welcome to the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. This is the Gilman Review. We want to thank AMX Superstores for coming back on board as a title sponsor of this podcast. They've been a long time supporter of us here at Inside Dirt, and we can't thank those guys enough. Now, as you know, AMX Superstores are the nation's leading motorcycle accessories retailer with over twenty and growing. They're growing stores. Every week, every month, it seems like there's more stores opening nationwide. If you are in Adelaide all the way to far north Queensland on the east coast, there is multiple AMX superstores in your state that you can get the um, leading brands in industry across moto and off road. And even if you're a road guy, an adventure bike guy, a kind of crossover, they have all the leading brands for motocross, off road, enduro adventure bike road bike you name it so amx superstores.com.au is also a very convenient needs for all of your online shopping consumables parts apparel and accessories so once again this is the amx superstores inside dirt show this is the gilman review thanks so much to amx superstores support the guys that support us and with that being said let's get to the show
1: okay kids you're in for a real treat today i'm not sure what to do with my hands Gator, never
2: been about that. Never, never been about playing
0: no shit. It'd be like looking over and seeing your, your ex-misses with
1: someone else. Like it's a. There's a few of them going around the pits,
2: I'm sure. <laughs>
1: <have>. <laughs> Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? <laughs> Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked. So <laughs>
0: what's happening guys welcome to the amx superstores inside dirt show we're coming to you sunday night after gilman for round four of primex we're back again for another episode it's good to be back it's great to have amx superstores back on board with us amx superstores have been a long-time partner of the show and as you know they are the nation's leading motorcycle accessories retailer i believe they're at 20 stores now nationwide Make sure you check out amx.com.au for all your needs as far as uh, spares, accessories, parts, and everything in between. We thank those guys for coming on board. Let's get into it. This is the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. We're going to review Gilman, and uh, we've got a got a pretty special guest in the house tonight. He is the current co-commentator of the Primax Championship. He is uh, most importantly the star of Terraformer Two when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> and he has raced and won and done just about everything he can in Australian motocross, Mister Danny Ham.
2: Hey guys, thank you for having me here, and uh, looking forward to talking some crap about today and and what went down. is pretty exciting stuff.
0: Exactly, it's um it's true inside dirt show fashion. Hammy is um on the Monday morning flight, and and it ended up that we're in the same hotel and. Uh, and he's going to jump on the show tonight, so it's pretty exciting. Um, also, we have a special other guest in the house. They call him Darnell Official. He is the marketing coordinator for Monza, um, long-time co-host of the show. Now, he's just a guest and he helps out. What's I happening, Darnell? I do a
1: little bit around here. It's good to be back. It's good to have a sponsor again. It's good to have a sponsor. It's good for you to have a sponsor again. It I is. Yep. Yeah. yeah, AM, Hammy here.
0: It is good to have Hammy here. He has a lot of the insight.
1: voice of Australian motocross, some might say.
0: Yeah, I would say that.
2: Just the
1: co-guy, mate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Once again, no, thanks to uh, AMX Superstores for jumping onto this pod. They've been a long-time partner of the show in many different forms, and uh, they were the first port of call, and we decided to bring it back. So shout-out to everyone at AMX Superstores. And um, with that being said... Let's get to it. So let's start with um, MX1. Results, I'm going to get them up. But the tale of MX1 was Brett, the legendary Metcalf.
2: How good was it? Great to see that he was uh a... Up there pushing out. What I'm really enjoying about this whole season so far this year is just that experience from the old guys that's really showing out, especially at the end of motos. They time out races perfectly. And Brett McCalf, again, was sensational to watch today. That first race, wow, he absolutely blitzed it.
0: When uh, when I saw him go to that inside gate, which was it you and I that were standing there when um, Tanny went to the other side of the doghouse? I think it was I talking to you. No, nah, it wasn't it, me. It but, there been was, hoax, but it
2: was certainly a A, a head scratcher. Yeah, yeah, we definitely were thinking about how was this going to work. But yeah, to the very inside.
0: Yeah, I I, I didn't understand that because if you'd have watched MX two, Wilson side went to the inside gate, nailed the whole shot, perfect track position, and and then when I saw Medi get that gate, I was like, well, number one, not really a hometown advantage because it's common sense to go to the inside gate. Like I didn't get it. Like Dacca and Tanny kind of got, they got interviewed on TV, right? And and they said why they went out there.
2: I understand the uh, the idea of it. It certainly is uh, moving away from the other guys, giving themselves a little bit of room. Uh, and I think that's what Dacker did explain on the, the telecast, trying to give themselves some options in case the, uh, you know, he didn't get the greatest of jumps out. But I felt the same thing. I thought we'd watched all day long. I think, Every single start came from the inside. So, to go outside, I thought was a silly move. However, Komodo 2, it seemed to work for him.
0: Yeah, it was – because that gate is essentially like an MXGP setup, isn't it? Like, except – do the MXGP turns – No, great. The MXGP first turns go left or right? Or is it – they don't have to be the same each round?
1: No, I think they change round around now. Yeah,
0: okay. I might be getting off topic. Remember they had that thing for a while. It's because of the pit lane and stuff. I'm getting off topic. But anyway – so Moto1 like when Mehdi took that inside gate it was on he got that track position but Ferris jumped on him right away and I was like okay business as usual for Ferris an interesting day for him I think we'll get to that in a minute but um, Medi jumped back like he pounced back at Ferris in three laps and I think when he did that it really threw Dean off of his, his rhythm but man once Medi got that lead in Moto1 like back again on that third lap it was he shifted another gear man
2: yeah, we kept an eye on the lap times and made his, yeah, consistently faster every single lap that there was out there. Pulled out 10 seconds, you know, it's, it's almost unheard of in a, such a short time, especially in the MX1, even in, in the other classes really. But to just do it so quickly, uh, it was a bit of a surprise to me. We all knew he was going to be strong, but for him to do it so easily straight up, it was a, a bit of a surprise to me. But man, he was certainly strong. He was on fire in that first one.
0: He really was. and. It's interesting with Medi, isn't it? Because you hear that bike come by, and like just about everybody else is, I seem like a gear higher, and they let the 450 track and do its thing. Betty, Betty, be Medi, Betty. (laughs) Medi loves to ride his bike aggressively, like, he likes to ride his bike. And you really hear that when he comes by. I mean, you could tell that with the smoke that was coming out of the thing at the podium when he pulled up <laughs> after Moto 1. It was
1: radiating some serious heat at the Park me Like, it was very hot.
0: And, dude, like, I, I took a look at his bikes, like, after both Motos, and they get ridden hard. Like, maybe he doesn't quite have the, the resources with his own team to have, like, the maintenance schedule of a factory team where it's, like, new plastics, new graphics, every, you know, every race nearly, but... Regardless, man, that first moto, man, was it impressive.
2: Mm. And it's a good thing, isn't it, with the, the sport the way it is at the moment and what you just touched on there, you know, he might not have all those resources. And it's the beauty of motocross, you know. You don't have to have the absolute best. If you're a good enough rider and you've got the determination, for sure you can be up there running with him. And it was pro- proven today by Medi. you know, he's just – Absolutely launched out in that first race. The battle between him and Ferris, straight up, was uh, it was really good to see. And whether that sort of uh, took Ferris by surprise, I am not sure. He uh, he didn't look so settled straight up in that race. You know, I think he might have. Uh, <sighs> If you go back to the other races like down at, uh, at Wodonga and that, you know, it was clear to see that he felt comfortable. The bike looked great underneath him. Today, it just seemed like he was just a little bit out of sorts. Uh, you know, it's going to be something they can work on and fix straight away, no doubt. But, um, yeah, maybe that pass straight up just made him take a step back, I guess, and think, hey, what's going on? Hey, don't pass me that. Just that easy straight up. Yeah,
0: maybe. I mean, you got to think he's more headstrong than that because it's Dean Ferris, but... Maybe it just threw him off his rhythm. Like it seemed like in Moto Two, he was similar as far as he ran up front early, and then he's always going to start up front early. Like that's how Ferris would do his his trademark races. But it just seemed that he didn't have that next level today. That you know the other guys were able to take it to at times. Because the track was very interesting as far as, and I'm sure you spotted this in the commentary booth. I was watching, we're jumping forward a little bit, but if we keep talking about Metcalf, in the second moto, he sat behind Ferris for like 15 minutes. And to me, it was a catalyst of those guys were running paddle tires. And when the hard base was coming up, they weren't able to really cut and shave track space that effectively to, to make a move because you see every time Medi would jump off the back of Ferris's rear wheel to, to try to, to create space, he would just slide out. It mm-hmm. seemed like, you know, those guys really were running those paddle tires for the start gate in the first turn, but the rest of the track didn't suit those tires.
2: Yeah. There were certain lines that that tire would have been good for. We saw with waters, we actually got an interview with waters at the start and he went back to the other tire, got out of the paddle. Um, just because of that hardness out mm. there. So, yeah, it was a real, it was a weird track. Like, I thought the track was sensational. It looked great, but there was also that element that from our point of view, you know, sitting in the commentary box or from someone on the side of the track, you just don't see what the riders see out there. And I think that might have uh, yeah, certainly played an effect into it. Yeah,
0: definitely. I think it would have been a different track to ride. Like, when um, you go up over the hill where all the fans are and it's that long left with those ruts, man, that looked like a treacherous thing to ride. But Medi, man, I mean, the the crowd, you know, because if we're being real, you don't really hear that many races where the fans get into it in, like, in Australian motocross. Like, it's not AMA. It's not MXGP. Like, Aussie fans are pretty understated. Supercross is different. But all around the track, there were people, you know, cheering Medi, waving, you know, there was some air horns. There was, like, they were waving the flags. It was – He was beaming all day. It would have been a lot of pressure on him, but you could see he was just pumped.
2: Yeah, good to see. Great to see that atmosphere out there.
0: Um, So Moto1, maybe just checks out, basically. Now, the interesting thing for me was that Ferris goes from first to fifth. Um, We touched on it, but uh, definitely, like, the wheels didn't come off as such. But um, what are your thoughts on it, Donnell?
1: No, I mean, you sort of – once we've seen him start building momentum after – Second moto at Mackay, and then go on one-one at Aubrey. It's uh, you're sort of expecting him to run up front, and when he starts out and he's in front of Eddie you're expecting, yo, here we go. It's you know,
0: I think it's just such a tendency to go Ferris's back because of what he used to do, but today I guess showed us that maybe it's not going to be such a clean cut comeback. Hammy,
2: no, it's uh, it certainly didn't go his way, but you know what? How about if it it did go his way today? And Ferris did get those wins. Mm. We would be talking a different story. It would be just simply saying. I was way more exciting for it not to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if Ferris did get those wins, would that be the end? Would he have just got that confidence and run away with it, mm. you know? So, uh, a tough day for him, no doubt. For us, looking at it from uh, our point of view, from the spectator point of view or the TV, it certainly has kept things interesting, Um by no means <laughs> you can't write him off you know he's going to go back straight after this he's going to assess everything and uh he's going to make them changes that he needs to so it's That's um,
0: one thing he will do he's yeah. very methodical i mean i don't think the bike looked bad today to be honest what were yeah, your thoughts
2: yeah uh it may be a little unsettled not by any means it was you know crazy unsettled for him but on a track like that and at the the level these guys are racing you know, it doesn't take much when they're pushing it to the edge. Mm. There's got to be a point where you have to take a quick mental snap and go, hey, we're on the edge. I can't keep doing this. I've got to back it down a little bit yeah. or I'll end up in the ground. And that's where a smart rider will come into it and start thinking, hey, today may be not my day, but, um, you know, the bike might not have just been just right. You know, it could have been just that little bit off. Uh, and it wouldn't take much.
0: I've always thought with Ferris, and I might be out to lunch on this, because I don't know for sure, but it seems like he rides a very rigid setup to accommodate the speed that he carries. And I don't know if that was the kind of track that, you could run that setup, you know, and, and maybe I'm wrong because I'm thinking about like the CDR bikes he had back in the championship days, but they always looked so rigid, but he was so fit and strong, he was just able to stay on top of everything. But today, whether for some reason he wasn't able to, or I don't know, I mean, I talked to Piney, you know, crew chief for um, HRC, and um, he said they've made so much progress again since Wodonga with the bike setup so perhaps Dean was just a bit off today it's hard to say but um, Ferris was 5th in Moto 1 so he went 5-4 you know off the podium definitely a a a mix up from Madonga, but man it makes the championship interesting because now if you go to Aaron Tanny, who goes 2-1 and and was the you know AMX Superstores top 10 pole shootout winner like Tanny's had speed all year um, but man he put the day together today and and you know second Moto will start there um, didn't get the best start with that gate pick. I think he was fifth or sixth. Worked his way through all the way to second. That was impressive. Moto two though, Hammy, man, when he um, he gets out front and then Meddy's coming, Gibbsy's coming, and to me, I'm sure you guys might have talked about it in the booth, but fitness has been a bit of a question mark for him this year. Um, and when Meddy started catching him with, like, five minutes to go, I was like, yep, there it is. There's that bubble that's about to pop for Tanny. But he just found another gear.
2: Yeah, well, that was the test for him today, honestly. And it was something that we did bring up. Uh, you're right over the, the last three rounds. that There's no questioning his speed at all. We know he's fast uh, and we know he's, he's relatively fit. There's no questioning that either. But it's just been those last couple of laps where he's tightened up. It doesn't mean that you're you're not fit enough. But that little bit of extra pressure closing out a race, you know, it's it's something that's possibly new to him in the position he is in MX One. Uh, you know, maybe it just got to him a little bit, pumped mm. up. It doesn't take much as, as as a rider, you know, that it doesn't take much mentally. As soon as you start thinking about it, things start going wrong, and they can snowball in uh, in no time at all. So today was a real test, and, and he showed that he now has that mental strength. and And you know what? It might be. Um, a bad thing for everyone else that he's figured that out. You know, he's shown that he's got the speed he's shown and he's proven to himself that he can win races now and not by luck, by honest hard work. Well, he earned that more he, than anybody absolutely, today. Like, you know, he weathered every single attack that he had put on him by multiple riders and established riders.
0: I, I had this theory from the last couple of rounds, Hammy, that, you know, realistically, even though he got second at round one to clout, he knew mentally he was the number two guy on that team. Like you race at the elite level. Would you agree that you subconsciously you knew whether you were like the A guy or the B guy on the team, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. He would have known that he was the second guy. Of course he would like to be the number one guy or, or he'd like to get that win, but there is a bit of a pecking order. Mm. And uh, you know, in a mindset, for sure. He's probably realized that that's where he was. As soon as Clark goes out, then all the weight of the team shifts across to him.
0: That's what I was about to say. I felt like for a couple of rounds, you sure he had the weight of the the CDR world on his shoulders. And I doubt Dakar was like, it's your championship to win now. But you know that as a rider, it doesn't need to be said. You're inheriting exactly all that pressure. And to me now, he has done his career like absolute wonders because if we've seen that many guys that if you go to CDR and you don't win it's it's not like it's the end of your career but it's you know you can't go to CDR and not win and expect to ascend your career like it's the place you go to to win and if you don't you go be teams and it's kind of the beginning of you not rising to that elite level so you know like you said I think that maybe a couple rounds it's taken him to kind of figure it out that the pressure or the perceived pressure, perhaps the fitness. I mean, he did say he was sick at Maitland is not Maitland. um, Wodonga. No, before Uh, that Mackay, Mackay. it began with the M. (laughs) Um, He did say he was sick at Mackay, right? So perhaps he genuinely was, and it's just taken him a little while to find his feet again, but either way, man, Tanny um, real deal now. And with that round, he's gone 12 points up with the red plate because waters went five, four, four, five,
1: that's the thing now too, with Tandy grabbing the red plate today, which I've never seen a red plate go on a bike faster. So <laughs> shout out to AK from CDR. That thing on, went on quick.
0: Yeah, it was but like the, the the TV camera was there and you blinked and there was a red plate. And you know what, though? Daka does it so good. Like, they were um, – Tani was washing his face, and Dakar was just standing at the podium bit, and he was like, get that monster hat on him now. Like, the camera wasn't even on him yet. But is so on point with branding and the sponsor obligations. Like, it's – you know, you could say it's a bit pedantic, but, man, that's why that team is what it is.
1: Yeah, and that's it. Well, with him with the red plate now, this is what I find really cool, and it's, like, not the – the championship was lacking life, but this is the fourth red plate holder that we've had.
0: In four in rounds. In
1: four rounds. so
0: You can't say that very often.
1: No, and, and it's close now. And who's to say, you know, Dean Ferris or Brett Metcalf, they can probably grab that points later at well, some Maddie point. Well,
0: went to... What's the championship saying now? You've I, got the computer. I do. Have the, it's not a good thing if I have the computer, though, because how do you get the championship up on this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to give it to you. You yeah, take you that. Talk. You're the producer. Produce.
1: Uh, I'm ex-producer. <laughs> I don't work for you anymore.
0: This is a good point. But you're you're gracious enough to help us out with your presence. Yeah, that's kind right. Kind sir. Once in a while. <laughs> um, where was I at? Okay, well, here's another point, Hammy, because I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, we talked about this in the last show, I found it a little concerning because Webster and Clout went out and really it, Wodonga, Tanya didn't factor in too much and you had... Gibbs, Ferris, and Waters basically being the guys, and it's like far out. Is this 2014? Like 2009, 2000. It could be any. Like these guys have raced each other for the best part of the last probably 12 years at the elite level, and it wasn't a good sign for Australian motocross that it was just those guys again in 450s. You know, so to see Tanny be the one next generation, maybe he's probably a generation and a half from those guys, but. To so now take the red plate. Okay, okay. There's a dynamic of at least the young guy versus the old. You know.
1: Well, you look at the points now. Um, oh, points. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Back to the points. So good, good job. Danny's one sixty four. Todd's got one fifty two. So it's twelve points, like you said. Meddy one fifty. He's two points back from Todd in third. Wow. Ferris one forty one. a Further nine points back, and then you go back to Gibbsy with one thirty. Uh, obviously, Aubrey didn't go all the way that Gibbsy would have wanted
0: he was good today he was really he was, good today
1: well you're watching that second moto with what was it three to four minutes to go we were, everyone's watching Mehdi push onto Tanney but you sort of lose fact that well, side of the fact that Gibbs was closing in quickly on Mehdi at the same time and dude he
0: was like Mehdi was one small mistake away from Gibbsy getting him at any point like those last two laps were, were pretty intense
2: yeah, he's, uh, he came from a, a distance back. Will, I was keeping an eye on him on the screens and he certainly was putting in the times. Um, the last five or six laps, he had a second up on those guys. So he was coming the whole time. And, and this is the uh, the part that I say with the older guys, they just, they're timing it out so perfectly to get to the end of these motos. They're not killing themselves at the start. It's almost like we see a couple of sprint laps early on in the race and then these guys all know, okay, guys, Let's take a breath. Let's get into our Settle rhythm. Settle in, take yep. some laps Settle off. Settle in, yeah. yep. And then we'll make a charge again at the end. And it works out so perfect every single time. But Gibbs was flying, and the points that you say he's back there, it's not. Uh, it's, it's not a sign. twenty-four points. It's it's a not motor. a sign of where he should be. No, you know, as we said, he had a bad round at Wadonga there, and he did come
0: and in, in p- injured to round one. He was coming off of that foot exactly. injury,
2: so I think we will see him bounce up. I, I, whether he gets up enough, you know, four rounds to go, whether he gets up enough to actually challenge for a lead, I don't know. But certainly feasible I think he's, that
0: it could be a podium by the end of the season? Yeah,
2: I think he, and especially with the way we saw him ride today, the way we saw him ride at Wodonga, you know, the speed is there, the strength is there. Uh, I think we're going to see him definitely pushing up to be a, at least a podium or a potential pod- a podium in the championship He's um, he's a race winner. He can win he a race. He, he'll definitely,
0: honestly, seeing how today played out now, I'm like, okay, maybe the illusion of Ferris winning out as the old Ferris is maybe we've got a bit ahead of ourselves. So to me now, like this season. That's not like us. Oh, no, bold clams. Um, maybe this season is going to be one of those years where, you know, no one's going to win out. No one's going to get momentum. Maybe it's just going to be a round by round who hits form when you know because it'd be interesting but um let's let's move on notable mentions who was so you know the, the top five guys we've covered i think who was six overall was it rikers uh
1: melross and then rikers oh i mean we could mention
0: melross but there isn't much to talk about he's the gap between him and the top five is extensive and then the gap from melross to the the next group is like the same he's just it's just not. He's his, um, in a bit of a no
2: man's land at the moment. Yeah, right? yeah. He, um, he, I know the team's been working hard to try and uh, get a bike that's um, something that's comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, from my knowledge, he he. Uh, they've started off a little bit slow on the um, the setting up the bike and having something that is what the riders want. And, and I know that they are working on that. It's it is a, a shame though that we're we're four rounds in and we're still at that point. You know, he's a rider that really should be up there, being the sixth rider in that group. Well, we saw in 2019, like it he was... a points
1: leader, race winner. Yeah, uh,
0: and yeah, yeah. yeah, he was. Like, 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 he like was two rounds to contender. go, he was a title contender, and then he blew his ACL out that year at Morey. But, I mean, man, it's it's interesting for Maros. Like, he doesn't have that spark. I think he looks more comfortable than the beginning of the year, but there's just not that next gear. It's like he's got his speed, and there's, there's, there's no... Added intensity. Maybe he'll find it. I hope he does. I mean, this is the thing with Hayden. The double-double before the start straight, which everyone was going double, single, and jumping into the turn. He was the only guy that double-doubled that, like, all day. I don't know if you saw it on TV.
2: No, I didn't see him do it. I only saw it once early on. Yeah, he was doing it, but yeah, not He
0: was doing it, like, late in the second moto. Yeah, right. Like, his timing is... You know, when you just track side and you notice little stuff like that.
2: That's the stuff that we miss out a lot on in the booth. We don't see so much of the day. It's only what's on our screen. So it's always good to hear these kind of things where you do totally miss that. But he is one of those riders, as I said, he should be, he really should be. I truly believe that he's still capable of being up there as the sixth one of this little group, you know? So whatever it is that he needs to, um, to work on, I'm not sure what it is, but, you know what? It might happen. Like we get to the next round. He has a good race. He runs top three. It might be all he needs. And then things well, turn around for him. He's from new
0: South Wales. So maybe Maitland, like, and I'm looking at Blake Fox to turn it around. If, if there's a round, he's going to turn it around at. And I don't know if it's just coincidence that those guys, I'm not trying to blow the team out at all with the gas, gas team, but it's like, you've got Hayden and Blake Fox that have way more than they're showing. And I, I don't want to attribute it to the bike or the team, but it's just something's not aligning with that whole program. Like I said, not trying to blow them out because the gas guys, they're good guys, but it's it's interesting. Well, isn't we'll it? see
1: what happens when we get to Mailand. Like we'll get to MX2 shortly, but with Blake in particular, we saw what he could do last year on practically the same bike. Yeah, it's a different class, but it's the same motorcycle, mm. and we're going to a track that. You and I looked at him last year going, He's just full cruise control, just smooth.
0: And his lap times at that track, like he was running elite podium speed in MX2 when he was in MX3, but um, it's interesting, right? So Melrose 6, Rikers 7, Joel Evans 8th overall, uh, McManus, Joven Baldwin, that's your top 10. Um, another strong ride for Evans 8th overall as a privateer. We touched on Rikers at dinner, um, Oh, we had an awesome dinner tonight, by the way. We can talk about that. It was good. It was delicious. Um, geez, Sunday night shows energy is different. I'm tired. <laughs> um, uh, Rikers, again, he really should be in that front elite group. It should be a, a top seven with him and Melros, but he's he's there, but he's not there. You know,
2: yeah, I uh, I don't know what it is with Riker's. I I I personally haven't seen a whole heap of his riding. You know, over the years, I was away from the sport for a bit. Probably when he was doing the, his most, his, yeah, in his prime. So, yeah,
1: MXD, MX two years. He was.
2: Well, it was
0: 29 and We saw him on the RMZ four hundred and fifty as somewhat of a private tier. Just that's why he had the number three. Uh, right, we got third in the championship. Remember.
1: Not in
0: nineteen. No, he he. Well, he did well one year. Like he it was, was not
1: nineteen. He was on the Suzuki and he was doing a really good job. That was when he was sort of halfway between SB SB and um
0: and SF. KSF. That's right, the KSF guys. Yeah. Um. Either way, I mean, the bike looks good. He looks good. Again, it's just one of those things where he doesn't have that next gear that the the elite group does. But anyway, let's move on. That's uh, MX one and um, let's move it to. I'm um, just trying to get results up here. Multitasking, not a strong point for me. Um, Pirelli MX2, moto number one.
1: Well, do we start off MX2 the way that the day really started after, well, with the first moto? Bailey Malkiewicz, first lap. Yeah, Nasty, well, nasty crash.
0: There's, there was a lot of dynamics playing out today because it was like Lawwood, the word on the street was Lawwood's going to have Wilson at this round because he's from SA and even I hyped that up yesterday on the socials talking to Lawwood hometown um, but Wilson geez in qualifying he set the record straight pretty quick man he looks so good today
1: he's in championship swagger mode we saw that today as he rolled past us and yeah. did a quick stop in kicked his own hole shot button in which is a pretty smooth criminal act
0: yeah you're not setting you're not setting the story though man like yeah. he, he comes in from the parade lap pops little endo clicks it in with his boot perfect and then just brr, with the red play and the black gear, like that was gangster. <laughs> like I can't put it any other way, but he, he was another level today. And if you want to go to that, because you guys got the Malkowitz crash on, on TV, didn't you?
2: Yeah, we caught the very edge of it. It was yeah. off left of screen coming into it. So we didn't see the uh, the start of it or what actually created it.
0: Well, Donnell um, and I were standing right there, and yep. it was it, was, it a, was horrible. It
1: looped out. I actually had my – I was filming through that section um, doing some social clips, and he came through, and you could just see him unsettle and sort of go to wheelie through into the face of that roller through a braking bump, and it just he fell off the back. And then – it sort of looped out, but then it was very awkward and weird to watch. Like, well, it, it didn't make sense how it, it went It out.
0: seemed to me like he was trying to hop that last roll. Up, but like you said, he hit a pre-bump, and then when it looped out, he wasn't ready for it. But the thing that was really surprising with the crash is that usually on those loop-out crashes, you just blow off the back and kind of slide out. But it caught an edge, and it threw him, like, low side. And because of that big acceleration hole before the single into the start straight it would have dropped a few feet down and he was probably three or four feet up in the air. So he just low sided to his knee and his shoulder from fucking five, six foot up in the air. And man, the, the noise it made, didn't it? Like it was a, a big impact and he was screaming.
1: Yeah, it was, it wasn't good. Obviously.
0: I mean, not screaming, but you could, he was like, ow, like you could hear him. He was in pain.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously um, the flaggies had their hands full trying to slow, because obviously everyone's still bunched up in a pack and trying to get traffic around him so you know i went over and dragged the bike off the track and you
0: did yeah did, you did
1: um yeah he was in some pain some serious serious pain
0: well i've done it you've done a mcl too right Sammy? yeah i've
2: it's done d- both knees three <laughs> times <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know the pain is feeling no, it, it burns doesn't it yeah yeah i did um, one
2: last year working for
1: you you did
0: actually you didn't yep. you're not working for me but well,
1: when i was working for yeah, when you
0: was work. working for me yeah <laughs> um yeah, that's right. You were you were hobbling around the office for a while. But yeah, we got and you know what? That bums me out so much about Bailey, because career wise, I I think he's done enough now. Like he's won around, he's shown that he can do it. But I was like, he really needed this year. Because Europe for a couple of years has gone okay, but he was on the verge of being another one that didn't figure it out. And with MX two, I mean it's Circo, he's got one of the only rides that pay like enough for it to be like a a, a, a you know a full-time role to ride. So I'm glad that at least he got that round win and that moto win last round that say if this is, I don't know how bad it is, but MCLs can go one way or another. Hopefully he's done enough to secure to, to himself a ride for Supercross the next year, you know? Um, but that was a shame. But Wilson Todd, long story short, short story long, whatever you want to call it, goes out and um, just, just put the hurt on him in moto one. He was gone. Um, and Haruki, he showed up today. First few laps of both motos, he actually—I don't know what the Empire team figured out with, or maybe he's just getting more comfortable in Australia. But I spoke to him yesterday and I said, "How do you like the track?" And he's like, "Oh, I prefer hot pack, but sand, okay." You know, it doesn't <laughs> sound like he was stoked on the sand, but man, good starts. And and if it wasn't for that time penalty because the language barrier might be a thing for that because you know at writer's briefing mark hancock's very specific on wheels on ground if it's a medical flag it's walking pace until you go past the incident and haruki pretty much went through that section at like not the same speed but pretty close
1: I'm pretty sure a flag hit him with a red cross flag <laughs> he as did. he came through, just fully donked him on the helmet, just <laughs>
0: to try and get him to slow down. Was,
1: but he was coming through fast,
0: and I mean, he was in second at the time. Yeah, we—I I didn't even know about this. Yeah, the, we we
1: caught a lot of good action today trackside. It was
0: it was almost—I mean, it wasn't funny because Bailey was on the ground, but everybody else is slowing down, and Haruki's just like he was rolling the rollers, but it was like everyone was he, he like. Was,
1: he was moving.
0: Everyone else was like, brr, brr, brr. And, and he came in and shifted a gear off the table before he started rolling. So it was just different. And then, yeah, the flag, he hit him in the head with the red cross flag. And he didn't even flinch. He just started shifting gears again. It was So he got the time penalty. But he ended up, he was six in Moto1, but I'm pretty sure he was actually
1: Fifth. Fifth, Fourth or fifth. Yeah. Moved him down.
0: But Lyle would charge through to second, um, but he was 15 seconds behind Wilson Todd,
2: um, which... That's that's from Starter Race. He yeah, was way you back. just cannot let Wilson Todd get a lead like that. And and that's the way this class has been, you can't afford to let anyone grab a lead early on in the race. And it goes again to show the importance of making sure you do get that start. So you've got to be up there in the top three riders, realistically, proven different for Wilson Todd coming from way back in the second moto, but yeah, you <laughs> need to be up there. You can't let anyone just run away with it that early on. Well, I mean, yeah. In context, like you said, if it's Larwood
0: who's who's on the on his best day is matching Todd, you can't give him exactly. track position. Um that's for sure. But um, you know, Reese Bard, he had another really good day. Um interesting thing about Bard, I sat next to him on the plane from Brisbane to uh, um where are we? Adelaide. <laughs> and he hasn't ridden in, like at all since the previous round. He's had a finger injury. He wrote just this week for the first time. You know what?
2: Sometimes that's, that's the answer. Mm -hmm. These guys, they work so hard that, uh, (laughs) it's a funny thing that you can overwork it and then get a a crap result on the weekend and and, and you'll go back on, what have I done wrong? Why is it not working? You know, and then go and bash your head against the wall and do it all again. And this might've just been that exact reason or, or, you know, he's, he's had a week off. He hasn't really thought about it so much. And I, I feel sometimes it looks like he he overrides a bike mm. um, maybe he's just settled down a bit maybe he's just come into this one a little bit more relaxed and, and maybe that's what it took so it's yeah and it's interesting
0: right cause how many times I'm sure you saw it back you probably experienced it back in your day right like actually I mean we've had some conversations about the glory days when you guys <laughs> were were, um, were coming in maybe not as focused to the events as as you know that the, the Perhaps you should have been, but that's, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to PC it up, yeah, you know, very good. But, um, you know, a guy comes in a little injured, he comes in a little sick, maybe a little hungover, <laughs> but like the pressure's off. They're not in their head exactly. because they're not putting pressure on themselves because they have this other exting, you know, existential circumstance going on. I think that's a word. I think I might have made that up, but anyway, um, and lo and behold, they'll go rip a whole shot and they'll have the best race of the year because they're not putting pressure on themselves. Yep. So your point, I
2: agree. Yeah. And, and you know what? This is this is where I've always thought Reese Budd should be. You mm-hmm. know, I've seen how fast, especially in, in years previous, I've seen how quick he can ride a bike. And, and, and bes- the, beside the fact that I think sometimes he overrides bike, we've seen the speed that he's got and we know that he should be up there and- it's just as much of a mystery as it is to us and to him, probably, why isn't he there? Mm. So, to see him actually get up there and get the result he did today was was great. I think this is probably going to be what he needs to turn the year around and continue to get these results. I think we're going to see him factor into a lot more races now.
1: I, I think a lot of people overlook the fact, too. Yes, we only had three rounds last year, but he was third in the points. At- At the end of those three rounds,
2: like he is. He earned that number three, yeah. And and exactly my point, like last year he was quick, mm. you know, he had some good results. Um, Liam
0: Andrews was fourth, which he had a great ride at Wodonga. And I was like, okay, like local, local he's a great rider, but put it down somewhat to the low, but it's proven now. He is somewhat of the real deal here. Like fourth in Moto1,
2: that is a very impressive ride he moved to force mm. he didn't just inherit it he he, he pushed worked through. through and he got there so yeah fantastic ride for for andrews
0: as well um and he he's a kid you know he's on the ride red support program with honda like he works full time job
1: works in a dealership he during does, the yeah,
0: week works in a dealership and and i've said this before and i don't know it's probably been a few years now so i'll tell the story again like when i was living in melbourne park 4mx was one of our local practice spots and i'd be out there coaching and riding and whatever and and when Liam was on the junior Yamaha team, like they would rock up to park four and I'm sure they'd be okay for me to say, it's like a Commodore on a trailer. They're not a family that, he's not a kid that's had it all handed to him is what I'm saying, you know? So to me, in the sport where Hammy, you and I have had these conversations of late where, you know, back, you know, you, you said like back in your day, you were racing at a factory level, going to the races in a high ace, you know, you and Hogs driving around the world all these things that nowadays you can't even get into the sport at a junior level without a $150,000 ute and base station set up and three bikes. And, you know, to see kids that come up that maybe don't have those resources, it's, it's cool to see, I guess is what I'm getting at.
2: You see a lot more, well, it seems like there's a lot more hard luck stories that end up becoming champions or being you know, always up there. Yeah. Rather than the ones that are handed everything. So I think that kind of mentality of of growing up, I think you you appreciate it, you earn it, you work towards it a bit more. Maybe mm. that's what it is. I'm not saying that is the answer, and everyone has to go and sell everything. I don't think that at all. It's just you know, it, it, for some riders, I think they just appreciate what they've got to put in to get there. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's not one size fits all. But, Absolutely not. Um,
0: Rider Kingsford. Man, he goes five four for third overall. He was fifth in moto one. Um, he he it was a quiet ride for Kingsford in moto one, but a top five two top fives and it shows you in an inconsistent day what it can do. I was I thought he was a little off, I guess, but I mean, quietly got a podium, which is which is awesome for Kingsford, especially is that, in the, is the that championship. Two podiums in a row? No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is, yeah. yeah. Um, no champagne. No, not old enough. Um, Haruki was, you know, 6'1". Dylan Wills,
1: he... You want to talk about when we say if a rider has no pressure on him?
0: I was I was kind of thinking that for him because he was sick all week, he said, and that's usually when Willsey comes out and kills it, but it Willsie
1: wasn't... Goes, my goes, I've hurt my knee during the week in 2019 and then comes out and wins ranch, like...
0: Yeah, <laughs> scrubbing dishes and could barely walk in the pits, but um, today wasn't that day. He was... Not the usual Dylan Wills, but, you know, he's salvaged some points. Um, Noah Ferguson, eighth in Moto1. Blake Fox is probably one to talk about because he started in,
2: was he third or fourth? Yeah, around about fourth place at the start of the race. So we uh, we were thinking, and we mentioned it through the broadcast, that this probably or could be that, that race, the, the one that he needs. Uh, again, another rider that we know should be up there. He's got mm. plenty of potential. Uh, he's on a good team. There's no uh, lack of... Um, and support with that team and those bikes. Um, what the answer is, I don't know. There is certainly something going on there. Um, it was great though to see that he did finally get up there and put some some laps in that uh, showed his speed and his ability. He just needs to make it all the to way make to the it end. The now. full moto. yeah. Because yep. I, I, I was okay. It was kind of like okay, first moto,
0: we're sort of five ten minutes in. I was like, cool, Fox is back. Whatever it was, he's, he's back. You know, he was fourth, fifth, didn't look out of place, was aggressive, was moving forward. He was over the front of the bike, like how he rides. But he fell all the way back to ninth and he didn't fall. He he went through the, the, the past, you know, just got past. So um, I like Blake, man. I really hope he, he can figure this out this year. Um, Dobson was 10, you know, coming off that dislocated shoulder at the last round, it's one of those – you know you can ride through it the best you can but um you know he was pretty quiet in moto one we'll look at moto two in mx2 let's get this now you know wilson todd wins moto two he wins by geez 21.5 seconds which is even more impressive because he only made those 21 seconds up in about what four laps at the end yeah (laughs)
2: like it was ridiculous yeah, the speed that he had going today is, is something else. And just to watch the way he he was connecting his corners, he was light in the corners, he wasn't blowing through the corners, they all flowed together. And I think that was a, a big key today, especially in the uh, MX2 class where those bikes are underpowered on heavy track. You know, you just needed to keep that momentum going. And there was barely a time that you saw him blast through a corner and just destroyed on his way through with the front wheel. So Where,
1: where was he off the start?
2: Um, it, he would have been, he was
0: close to 10th, you reckon? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we said before, you can't let Wilson get a start because he'll yeah. run away with it. But even if he doesn't get a start, he's, he's going to run away
0: right with, away it, with so. it. Yeah. And that realistically was a track where I think it was harder for the 450 guys to pass. But even the 250s, you know, the way the track was that fluffy sand on a hard base. I'm sure you would have covered this in the broadcast, Hammy, is that there was probably five or six entry ruts to all of the switchbacks, but they all funneled into one or two lines and there was basically one good line um so for todd to be able to pass that many people and pull back gap it just shows the level he was at now um noah ferguson was good in that moto you know he he actually tried to challenge todd when he you know when he passed him he tried to pass him back and then him and reese bud just had this epic race long battle and bud just pipped ferguson at the finish like it would have been
2: you, you saw the finish Yeah, i yeah. saw it yeah i saw
0: that i was yeah. watching the tv feed in the media tent yeah
2: no there was that yeah
0: I, I they came across and the tent was reasonably close to the track and then i just heard a bike on the limiter
2: and i'm like yeah he's yeah he's, he's claiming it was one. great to see that ferguson was able to push it through See, so he, he said it on his in the podium you know he, he was pretty spent at the end of that. And we could see that the intensity has certainly gone out um, within, I don't know, you know, five laps to go or something like that. He, he didn't have that intensity, but he dug deep. You know, he managed to be able to, on that last couple of laps, he knew he had a couple of laps left. He saw that last lap board. And, and at that point he'd actually dropped probably a second back. So mm. he just put it all in and, and that's, that's what, get your results you know being able to put in not just go oh I've been passed you know it's time to just finish where I am you know but he put in so it was great to see um
0: he's always had that fire Noah and I even talk about back in the day because he was a junior with Regan Duffy Mm -hmm. and Duffy was he was better but Noah would always hold shot and he would always challenge Duffy like even if Duffy passed him on the first lap the third lap he would try to pass him back and then he would try to stick with him and he's just got that never give up and I think he to me is a rider on the verge where hopefully he can figure out the next level consistently Um
2: maybe it happens this year maybe it's next year well, I think he said that he was coming off either a sickness or an injury as okay. well so he hasn't done a lot which would explain uh, you know the lack of time on bike the fitness towards the end of the races so it could be the reason it there, but it was just good to see that he, he did push it all the way to the end and he proved that he was deserving of that spot. There's no doubting his speed at start of races. It's, no. And when it's he can put that man.
0: speed together with the consistency and track position that he gets and his fitness, he's going to be the real deal. Um, Kingsford again, fourth, you know, wasn't an, uh, a very loud moto. He came, you know, came through a little bit and that got him third overall, which is massive. Um, Dobson got a fifth in Moto2, which is obviously considerably better than 10th. So 10-5. Um, not sure where that put him over. We'll have to have a look, but it was, I think he was around fifth or sixth from memory. Uh, Haruki was sixth. Like Haruki was definitely more in the races this round, which was again, great progress for him and the team. Liam Andrews, seventh Blake Fox eight, Dylan Wills nine, Jay's cost for 10. Um, Levi Rogers, 11th overall. I don't want to not trying to bash Levi whatsoever. I just thought he was a a rider with a lot of potential coming into this year that we really haven't seen.
2: Well, he was he was up there in one of those races, so I think he's had an issue. Yeah, he was in, he was uh, in moto. The second moto. He was, yeah,
1: he was like fifth or sixth. Or yeah, and, and he was comfortable area. there because it was him. He
0: and looked he. good, right? Yeah. Like, Liam
1: Andrews and um, Levi in that second moto were sort of
0: freight training, freight
1: training around the track. So maybe something happened at later stages of the motor. I'm not too sure. I was probably getting ready to go towards podium.
0: Yeah, probably. I, I do remember seeing him. You're right. He, he factored into the race and it's the first time I've seen him. So whether he's coming off an injury or something, like it's, um, it's, it was an interesting thing for me because he's Queensland based, but they moved his, he's on the Vic based Yamaha team, which is WBR, which clearly there's nothing wrong with WBR because they get amazing results um but i don't know just it was an interesting deal for me that they did moved him away from Yamaloup to
1: there um and Kingsford from WBR to the Queensland team when he's a Vic guy like it
0: well Kingsford is WBR um Those- logistically because he trains in Victoria yeah um i had Bish gave me the rundown on why everyone got moved around and why it is what it is um though he's also training in Vic. I can't actually that doesn't make any sense I don't know but (laughs) I did talk to Bishop about it and he did explain it to me but um, let's let's uh, round up MX2 MX3 real quick because I'm conscious that you guys have a very early flight Um, Connor Tao Moto1 Connor Tao man Connor is um,
1: we saw it in Aubrey and he had the speed and he just had to and like Uh, we had Willsey on the last show and he said, you know, he trains a lot with Connor and he's like, let's it's good to see him run up front and Willsey said it was good at Aubrey to see him sort of fade late in the moto rather than risk it and crash and get a twentieth or whatever. So Mm. I think that gave him the confidence that he needed to say that he could run up front and be comfortable leading races and that happened today. Well
0: it did and he, he qualified. He was first until I think the last two laps and Maneer pipped him right, right at the flag for qualifying. Um, and yeah, whole shot motor one looked very good. Um, and then he looked like there was a lapper because I spoke to him and his mom and his dad. So I'm actually working with Connor a little bit we're, we're doing some, some PR and some branding work for him, just setting some things in place for where he wants to go in his career. And one of the things is obviously he's, you know, it's it's no secret publicly. Like there's been some crashes this year and, and, and unfortunately this today didn't help his cause. But I think from what they said was that where he crashed after that step up, there was a lapper. He had to take a line. He wasn't used to taking. And before he knew it, he couldn't see with the sun and, and he washed that front end. But what was probably more impressive is he took that head hit, lost his goggles and then still got up and finished second, you know?
2: Yeah. I looked uh, Yet another rider that we know how fast he is. Mm. And uh I had a chat with him on, on Saturday as well and and uh, just got the behind the scenes of what's been going on and stuff and it was great to see him get out to that lead and, and really stretch it at the moment as well. So that was good to to see him up there. Unfortunately, as you said, um, you know, that crash for whatever reason, if it's uh, you know, you had to go a new line or you had to go around a lap rider or sun's in your eyes it's motocross. That's that's what you got to do. Everyone's got to do it. Mm. So I, I, I not that I'm saying they're using excuses, but, you know, that one there, that was just on him. And that was such a we, – we got it on camera, Yeah, you know, and it was just – it simply looked like he was a little unbalanced coming through that corner. Uh, he tried to ride it out, and the front wheel washed for, like, 15 metres before he
0: – It was a long push. It was a long push. Yeah, yeah.
2: And it was – it was so close to saving it at the same time. Uh, the hit he took into that jump was was massive. Yeah, he
0: actually got out of that really well. Yeah, yeah, that
2: could have been an injury. So either way, no matter what, he's got to just go away from this going, man, I just proved it to myself that I can run up the front there. I've got the speed. I know that. Mm-hmm. Sort out that little crash thing. And uh, he is going to be up there every single time no doubt
0: oh definitely and and you know on the flip side as i did say to him in the family i'm like you, if you keep putting yourself in good positions like it's gonna happen yeah. you know eventually you're gonna figure it out and you know you can unfortunately this is the truth in the sport you can you can teach the smoothest technique and all the right things but you can do a lot more with speed and refining it as opposed to you know cleaning up the edges with the little mistakes and stuff. So you know he's he's on a good path unfortunately man he got slammed in that second moto first turn yeah. did you see that on yeah. the tv record record the back
2: of it yeah. i i kind of picked that it was him and uh it's like three guys kind of came
0: just, together when and it
2: looked like his day was turning around it just got turned <laughs> to shit so quick and probably not his fault either in that one that yeah. one for sure you know you're putting those bikes all into that first turn you've been there we've all been there it's it's just one of those things. But unfortunately, it happened to him in that second moto. And whatever you know, confidence and speed he had out of that first one, it just got ruined it in like that ran second over one. Yeah, straight, yeah, so yeah. Unfortunate, unfortunate for
0: him. But yeah, Connor Tau, uh, he's definitely making it interesting in MX3. But i tell you who made it more interesting today was, was Muneer, man. he was He's really starting to find his feet in this class. He's 14 years old, got an exemption to ride MX3 last year because he was 13 at the start of the season. And to me, Hammy, he is one of the more promising talents in Australian motocross, like as in his potential maybe to go to, to the world stage because he rides beyond his years. Like his his speed today was very impressive. I didn't see the times compared to MX2, but it would be, um, I reckon, comparable. Or was it not quite? No, nah, th- this is... Maybe I'm hyping it up too home. much.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, no Joe you're no, wrong and, and, and look it's hard for us to look at that and say there's comparable times when there's so much change in the track and the times when they're on the track true true okay so um, their times yes they're close but they're not at that point where you could say just put them straight into an MX2 and they're going to be able to run up there in the top 10
0: we saw that it, with Fox last year I guess you know the times yeah, were there um, yeah
2: so and, and this has been uh, no way my shooting down this class but this has been one of the problems over the years with the mxd uh with now the mx3 that uh the riders get too caught up in the fact that you know i'm winning i can go into mx2 not really not always yes sometimes yeah for sure that's going to work but they've got to aim themselves at no i'm not just winning and i'm sure they are trying to do that but they've got to compare themselves to the next group up yeah. And that's all there is to it. The guy in the lead if he's not running the same lap times as the next group up or where you want to slot into that group then you need to pick up your game and not and he's not I don't believe that Mini is just out there trying to ride just just to win. I know at 14, he's got exceptional speed. He's got amazing skills on the bike. And in the years to come, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, including getting into MX2. And he's got some years ahead of him to be able to do that. But all my point was, was just the class. We can't just say, yep, because he's leading that one, he can slosh straight into the next one.
1: We've seen it time and time again. You can have guys that are champions in MXD or MX3 now, and they move up to that next level and it doesn't translate. You get, you know, obviously... Regan Duffy was an exempt, like that worked for him. Jai Roberts, it seemed it was going that way. True. He didn't win a championship. Obviously Cody got the win, but then Jai seemed to be the better rider once they got to MX2. It, so
2: they've just got to realise
0: that it's still a big step. I mean, we even saw it with guys like Keisha, with Errol Willis. Like if you go back throughout the years, it's been... And that's my point. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's probably been the less success stories of MX3 or MXD champions going into mx2 and mx1 then there has been guys that did the journeyman thing and were you know top five guys in mxd like other than who won the first mxd championship back in the day it was like waters wasn't it oh, that would have been back been in, been your in your day how i think i think he won or ferris won one of the first ones but if you look at most of the, the champions of the last 10 years i don't think they were mxd or mx3 champions so it's yeah. It's interesting.
2: Um, so it's not to say that that class doesn't work. Don't no. get me wrong. Oh, it serves and a it's, purpose. it's it's fantastic, especially for the younger riders to get that opportunity to ride with those older guys and get that experience and speed. So I think it certainly helps. I just don't think the step is just instant from I one do class like,
0: to the next. I do Brendan like Harrison, how they the like way. Brendan Harrison, that's right. Old, uh, 2007. Yeah, I saw Brendan at Maitland. No, why do you say Maitland? Wodonga. Yeah. I saw him at Wodonga.
1: Jesus he lives up like the road for me now in the worst the, rock star ever
0: yes yeah, remembering <laughs> cities um, no it's because we were talking about Maitland at dinner it's just in my mind uh, what was I going to say I lost my train of thought what were we talking about yeah. oh MX MX yeah Long story short, um, I like it how now they've opened it up to 14 and 15 to so the juniors. I think for that next generation, because it's massive to get on a pro level track and ride a, a, a pro level rough motocross track at 14, even if you're riding around a 20th position, it's going to do wonders yep. for your future because you will learn a level of riding that is usually reserved for... For, for older riders that's you know? where
2: the big advantage is yes that's it was a good move to bring it back to that age group so that uh, it really will move these younger riders forward a lot quicker
0: you look at Maneer, he's 14 say when he's 16 two years like
2: at that point he you know what i think he's going to be winning quite comfortably and at 16 i think you know that mx2 step won't be so hard
0: yep or the MX um, Europe route yeah. of, you know, MX uh, uh, EU, what they call the 250 class in Europe, you know, that Hunter AMX. and Jed and all those guys went through. MX, that's right. Um,
1: Shout out to them, by the way, today. One yeah, or two. One or two. Blower. It's going to be a good year. It was impressive.
0: Um, and then, you know, the, the round out of the MX3 podium, you had uh, Manier. then we had, um, who was second overall? Sorry guys It's Jack Mather Jack Mather And third was Jet, Jet. Oh yeah Shout out to Jet Alsop That was a great overall First uh, first podium for Jet Fantastic um, Interesting one Campbell Williams I chatted to you briefly He's carrying an injury of some sort I didn't get specifics But um, Lost a chunk of points today And now Maneer is within it's w- One point my, yes. Yeah he made up 20 thing. points today Or 21 yeah, points something yeah. like that It was crazy So now it's Manier um, had that swagger today on the podium. Like he's feeling it, he's feeling himself. It's going to be.
2: He had that before the day started. True, he did. You could see that within his uh, just his demeanor and and his riding straight up off the bat. You know he was coming there. He had a and he'll tell you he had a pretty terrible round the last one before this. Uh, he certainly wasn't happy, and they made those changes going to go train down south with the boys down there. So he was coming into this round to, to make amends. And uh, he's done that perfectly in this one. Certainly got challenged by Tower in the first race, but, uh, you know, he 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 knows where he needs to be. Mm. So he's on the right path, that's for sure.
1: One that was missing from that MX3 class today was Ryan Alex Anderson. He's another guy that we can see that's going to be up front in that class. An unfortunate incident. Do we
0: even go there? Like, I don't know how you explain that without context. (laughs) But let's just say, it was. I don't want to blow it out on the air. So he had a practice crash incident. And and broke um, a collarbone and a shoulder. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. On it, yeah, it was just an unfortunate. It was game. an unfortunate thing that wasn't his fault, but um,
1: hopefully he up can and be gets back. back for some later yeah. rounds because
2: he was he, so he was coming to form he, too. Was, he was really good. He so. was looking good.
1: And, and that's the thing. It is. It in some years you've watched that MXD MX3 class and you're like, oh, it's yeah, it's here, it's happening, whatever, but. This year, it's starting to build that little bit of, you know, the the racing quality is there, and it's got a little bit of a deeper field. So,
0: It is. It's one of the deeper fields. I th- and I think you can attest that to the juniors being in there as well, right? So, all right, guys. Well, that, that's um, – We had
1: women today as well.
0: We did. And Charlie Cannon, Charlie Cannon is just Jesus. on another level. Yeah. We we Again, we chatted about – we we should have recorded what we chatted about at dinner because we talked about Charlie Cannon yep. and, and the WMX class for – Quite a bit, and um, yeah, you had some interesting takes on it, Hammy. That that really she's she is next level. Mm. Uh, she is going to be. Uh, what
1: was the gap of that first moto? Well, Forty uh, seconds. was. Yeah. Seconds. I mean, look, it Emma. Was,
0: Emma, Emma was, rips. <laughs> Emma Milosevic yeah. rips, and she was doing everything she could, and Charlie was gapping her by at least five seconds a lap. It was, it yeah. was very impressive, and I, I believe she has a promising international career coming. Yes. Um, I know that. Yamahara trying to trying to talk and get her to MXGP next year. Um,
1: it's th- where she needs to be. Like you saw that today. It's yep. just it's another level. Yeah. That's all you can say. Uh,
2: yeah, her level it'll be uh it it will be uh, and not to be mean, but her level at the moment will be wasted if she just stays here. I think she really needs to
0: No, it's the truth. Like it, if she doesn't on.
2: challenge herself. Yeah, and yes. I know she races the
0: the ma- the male classes at all the Queensland state championships yep. and, and everything. And from what I hear, she does pretty well as well. Yeah. Um but Charlie Cannon, yeah. Emma Milesevich um was a strong second. Maddie Brown was a distant third, but she's with riding a with a foot. broken foot, yeah. which good for her. I it's mean there's only three rounds or four rounds of the women's, so she <laughs> the girls get some pretty tough tracks too. Yeah, who's the other Honda female rider that's going Maddie
1: Oh, is she injured? No, Taylor
0: McCutcheon. She's yeah.
2: she's injured at the she's moment. She's injured, yep. Um, uh, yeah. Taylor Thompson today. Yeah, she had a big one in moto one, right? Yeah, she got a little hand off the track uh, by another rider. So Was that Maddie? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize I just saw the end of it. I don't think it was an intentional thing. I think it was more a case of lines coming together. Certainly she uh, Maddie was trying to make the pass. Don't get us wrong. <laughs> But and Matt, uh, Maddie's a veteran. Is Maddie, the, Maddie the, probably the, knows more than she's letting on. The the end <laughs> result, I don't think, was 100 uh, intended. Uh, it looked like she went down a little bit tough. Um, I've I've seen Taylor Thompson and how good she rides, so mm. it's a shame that we didn't get to see you go back out there again in the second moto. Um, this was the same result as we saw down at Wantage at the first one. You know, she she got a a, t- a tough draw at that one too with going down with Maddie Healy. Uh, and didn't make it out for the second one. So True, yeah, she's
0: had a, a, an unfortunate run. But mm. again, great to see the, the WMX class back. It's it's cool. Um, the, the SA round is always a tough one for entries. Like, you know, MX3 and MX2 are always full gates. MX1 is a fringe class where, you know, in a state like SA, where it's a smaller motocross community, the, the privateer entries are a lot smaller. Not all the privateers travel from Far North Queensland to yeah. SA. I mean... Man, myself, I I was in Cairns all week. I flew from Cairns to Adelaide on Saturday morning, and my goodness, that was a big travel day. So I get why, you know, you go on one end of the country to the other, not everyone's going to do it. but
1: You'll see that go in reverse too. A lot of SA privateers aren't going to travel up to... Mackay.
0: No, it's just the nature of it, right? But Mitch Norris
1: is um, one of them today in top ten shootout, like local guy that just came out and Yeah,
0: had those local <laughs> lines and he killed it in qualifying. But um, you know, so the women's class in the forty class did suffer a little bit as far as a full gate this weekend, but you know, going back to, to Maitland next round, I think we'll we'll see. Where's
1: the next round of women's? Will that be
0: last Coulomb? round cooler? Yeah, so that's two two rounds over the yep. two days to make up the four rounds. So um all right, let's wrap this one up. Uh, this has been the AMX Superstores Inside Dirt Show. This is the Gilman Review. Um, again, um, thank you so much to everyone that listened. Thank you to all the fans that that really asked us to bring this show back because the reason that we did was because you know, of the listeners and the people that reached out when we stopped doing it this year. I've told this story, so I'm not going to tell it all again, but it means a lot for the listeners. Um, it would mean a lot if you can go support are um, partners that support us and that is AMX Superstores so check those guys out you can't miss them at Primex with the Trade Alley and you can't miss them pretty much everywhere there's 20 stores in just about every major city there's at least one or two so if you are from SA to Far North Queensland they got you covered
1: they stock Alpine Stars Oakley
0: listen to the Monza guy listen to the Monza guy
1: do I need to keep going? no
0: you don't (laughs) (laughs) no you keep going though they stock I mean they stock everything they do. It is great guys, great team. And it's cool because you go to Primex and each round, they have the activation, they have the trade stand and it's a big trade stand with lots of cool product. And, um, the local teams from each store come out and they, they work the event and it's cool because they get to know, you know, the local motocross community and you can put a face to name when you go to the store. Um, they did a cool competitions day as well, which was, they were doing like a, a kid's like question competition, I believe yeah, it was. Like,
1: I think it was like a treasure hunt. Like, what was uh, what's Dean Ferris's number? What gear does he wear? That's what's right. What is number? So the kids would have to go around and maybe, if they didn't know this already, like, you know, go and find Dean Ferris. And it gets it engages kids in the in the community, and that's what's going to help grow our sport. I mean.
0: They were writing down on their little list, running it back, handing it in, and then they drew out like $500 of gift cards for the kids. So the parents would have been stoked. That's for sure.
1: As a kid going, here's $300 to spend at a motorbike store.
0: Yeah, any moto parent will be stoked on that. So again, thanks to AMX Superstores. Um, Danny Ham, thank you. Uh, we've had some pretty epic chats this year, so I'm glad we get you on the pod.
2: Yeah, I appreciate we it. We probably should
0: do another one and just talk about all the epic stuff we talk about, like not about racing. Yeah. I don't know how many of the stories you could tell, but... <laughs> You know what we should do? We should do one with you and Hoax. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that sometime. That would be cool. <laughs> and uh, thanks for coming on, man. No I know you've got a early flight it. tomorrow. So, And Mr. Donnell, always. Yeah. Donnell official. It's yes. fun to be back, bro.
1: Yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Um, it's good to see that <coughs> you've got some sponsors coming back on board now. So, it's. Um, uh, I mean, it's for me to not be as involved in Inside Dirt anymore as i once was.
0: It's, it's, good to, it's good to just have you around and to do the, you know.
1: I'll be here and there and obviously, like, I'll probably, you know, I don't think it'll be every show. I'll just come in when I can. and Floating. Uh,
0: That's how we're running it right now. I'm not going to make all these promises I always used to make about growing the platform. Like I said, the, the live video shows, all those things that, that so we did over the years. They took a lot of resources, time and money, and right now... We just want to have fun with it. So again, thanks for uh, everyone listening. Thanks to AMX Superstores. This was the Primex review from Gilman. And with that being said, we will catch you guys after Maitland.